Well, hello, CMYK community, and welcome to another CMYK Talk podcast. My name's Matt, and we're continuing on in this series of talks, I guess you could call them, uh, that we've been in for the last couple of weeks, simply called Stories. And um, I think I've mentioned it multiple times, but this continues to be one of my uh, more favorite things that we've done as a community, this idea that all of us hold something so sacred and significant about our own stories and who we are. And so for us to do the work as community is to work to understand what each other's stories are. And so the last few weeks, I hope you've been listening in uh, just because we've been taking the time needed um, to just hear from some people in our community and uh, what they're carrying, what they're wrestling with, what leads them to this moment, what they're celebrating, things that I think all of us have a story around and it matters. So wherever you are and whatever's going on, I hope you know that. I hope you believe that about who you are, that there's something sacred and divine and beautiful about your life and where it's headed and where it's been and all of its ups and downs and struggles. There's something there. And so our work as a community is to look each other in the eye and to hear each other's stories. And maybe that's obviously through this podcast, but maybe that's through neighbors or friends or family, uh, just to do this good divine work of sitting down and hearing each other's stories. It's so, so good. So we're continuing on uh, with that series today. And I'm so excited because a few days ago, I got to sit down with uh, one of the leaders within our community. Her name is Alyssa Small. And if you don't know her, we're going to remedy that <laughs> over this podcast uh, because she's just great and um, just someone that, that cares deeply about her work and life here in Billings and on planet Earth and what she's uh, trying to spend her time and energy on. And I think you'll pick that up really quickly. So I'm so honored to have her uh, share her story and that she's a part of this community and helping leading the charge in the way for us as well. So we're going to jump right into it. And then as I've been doing in this series, uh, at the end of the interview, I'm going to come back here, just me, and kind of give some of my thoughts, things that maybe stirred uh, me that might be some things for you to maybe think about and process in the midst of everything. So I hope it'd be helpful. I hope you're doing well. But without further ado, Miss Alyssa Small. Okay, you ready? Come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here. Miss Alyssa Small. Um, and... Uh, this is, this is an exciting interview for me uh, because we've had some really, really good conversations, I feel like, over the years, and um, you're someone that has been kind of a part of this CMYK community really from the very beginning, back at the YWCA, you'd pop in, and uh, it was uh, just, so just your, your commitment to this community, your willingness to serve, whether it's through leadership or on the magazine, really great, but... I love it because I think that there's a story here that matters, and I'm excited to, to hear that as well. So we kind of start this out with the question that we always have, and that is, what what brings you here? What's your story up to this point? Where have you been? Um. Well, I, I grew up in Billings, and I studied in Missoula in college. Um, but what really brought me here... Um, I was in South Dakota before moving back to Billings. I was there for like a year and a half. And I remember I, I tried out, it was a small town and about the size of Laurel okay. um, with a lot of churches. Okay. And I tried out, I think, 10 different churches in a year and a half there. Yep. And none of them felt great. Okay. And I remember coming home. Um, for a, a wedding and, uh, a good friend of mine recommended, like, you got to come to church with me. This is, this is great. You should, you should head out this way while you're here. And I just remember she like hyped it up so much. She's like, they want to do a magazine. Like that's your <laughs> skill set. Like you should be doing, you, like you should find a way back here. And, um, I, I didn't, I don't think I actually got to come here but it was in the back of my mind when I applied for my job at the Gazette that there are a lot of things that uh, contribute to what makes a place home for mm. me but 
the biggest thing uh, that I've learned in my short life is that people make the place. Yeah. And in South Dakota, I, I had a few really great people, but I hadn't figured out how to get plugged in and I felt really other there. Mm-hmm. And more and more of the people who I loved were moving back home. And I was just like, man, like I love them and I want to be in their community and I want to do that. And so my people were reconverging on billings. And I remember CMYK was in the back of my mind as like, you know what? There, there are like, there were a couple of different churches that I really appreciate in billings. And I was like, they're all in billings and I have none here. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be great to have a, faith community that I'm excited about. Yeah. So you, you mentioned you went to school in Missoula mm-hmm. for journalism, mm-hmm. correct? And creative writing. And creative writing. And uh, that out of, out of college led you to South Dakota yes. for a season. So we'll get to the CMYK piece, but again, I know so much that I, I want to try okay. to pull out some things. So here's, here's um, for me, it's a fascinating thing that I think you're someone that is a deep thinker, um, someone that uh, doesn't just do something flippantly, but you 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 believe in the work that you can do as someone on planet Earth, as vague and big as that statement was. <laughs> that was helpful, right? So you, you you do things intentionally, and you chose to go into journalism and creative writing, and then in South Dakota, were you were working for a paper there, a yeah. newspaper? Okay. I am. Um, I, when I got to the end <coughs> of college. I was sort of, I was surrounded by all these people who really wanted to be reporters and, um, uh, about junior year of college, I had this, uh, sort of existential crisis of like, I hate reporting. I don't like putting my name on a thing and then just like opening myself up to a lot of public rage, which is what a lot of reporting felt like to me. If I ever made a mistake, the only, there was, there's very little grace for reporters who make mistakes. Um, and I'm very flawed. And they never make mistakes. Oh, all the time do we make (laughs) mistakes and it's very uncomfortable. Um, and you have to, and you do it every day. You turn around and some people get weeks and months and years to refine a product and, we get eight hours maybe and throw it out in the world and hope that it gets close. Um, It's fascinating because a lot of creative work, um, you are able to really focus on it. Like you say, take a lot of time and you swing for the fences. So like mm -hmm. in my world, the act of creating an album, you take months and months and months and get it just right. And then you release it to the world or a painting. You spend the time and energy needed to get this thing just right before Mm -hmm. you show it to anybody you're like dealing with, I mean, the analogy I would use is base hits. You're just trying to get on base every We're day. bunting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but you're just doing everything you can because the deadline's coming and you've, you've got to produce something immediately. Uh, yeah. Or and, immediately, but every day essentially. So. And it's the deadline, but it's also the conversations happening. Yeah. Like if we, we can, I can, I mean, I create my deadlines in a lot of ways, especially the posi- position I'm in now of, you know, I decide what holds and what has to go now. And, and some of, you know, at the end of the day, that decision is largely based on what is the conversation happening right now? And if we hold it, are we going to miss it? And we're going to be behind huh. it? Like, yeah. that's, that's not what we want. We want to inform the conversations that, that, that are happening. Yeah. And, hmm. and so, yeah, it, it's the deadlines are a real thing. Um, and they're, they're, we, we like to call the paper a very hungry beast. That yeah. is, it's never satisfied. But more than that, it's the conversations are going on all the time. Yep. So the reason I want to bring that up, the the creative, you know, intentionality piece. Excuse me. <laughs> so you, you go to school and, and you graduate from school and you have this, this hope, this dream, this vision for your life. And you find yourself in South Dakota did you take that job knowing that it was just going to be a short-term gig? Did you go there believing that this is going to be it uh, for a while? Um, kind of, how did you go into it? Yeah, I uh, when I when I when I got to the end of college and I started to look at okay, I, I did a four and a half years of, of college education and so graduated in December, which is a really great time to graduate in news because no one else is trying to get a job. Yeah, then. there you go. Um, but I remember kind of realizing you know, that that end is coming and I didn't have any plans 
beyond college. I was surrounded by all these people with these lofty, very specific goals. Hmm. And I, I, I sort of, I realized like I've, I've lived a very measured goal oriented benchmark oriented life for the last 22, 23 years. And I don't have anywhere specific that I want to end up. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted yeah. to be a newspaper page designer. Wow. And what, what about that was the grabbed you? I, do you remember a moment or a thing that you interacted with and thought, I, this is what I want to do? My little existential crisis as a reporter of like, I am, I know I want to be a journalist, but this is the way that most people want to be a journalist. And I don't like it. Like, okay. what, what is that? And I had for several years been a copy editor on our college paper and I enjoyed that very quite a bit and so I was like you know maybe, maybe that's what I want to do and at the time um, in the industry you couldn't really get a copy editing specific job they were all paired with page design and so I was like okay well I got to cross train I got to got to okay. learn that if I want to get that job and then I took a design class and I was like this is my jam huh. <laughs> like, yeah. this I I get to make art with interesting and relevant stories. I love that. And I get to think about, you know, how do people read and how, how are they drawn in and how are they invited into a story with the design? And I loved it so much. Um, and so I pursued that and I knew going into it that I'd probably, I hoped that I'd get five years out of it. Actually, I hoped that I'd get I really hoped I'd get 10 years out of it. I figured... Out of the South Dakota job or just the... Page design in okay, general. Page design in general, got it. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I I sent out like 30 resumes to every opening there was. I probably sent them out too early, which yeah. is why I didn't hear back from many places. Um, I only heard back from the one place that hired me, actually. Okay. And... But it was also the place that I liked the most. Hmm. I looked at their design and I was like, yeah, I could I could do that. And, you know, they they see the news news design the way that I want to see it and it seems like they'd be amenable to what I want to bring to it as well and yeah so I I, I dove in with them they're the only ones who got back to me and it, it ended up being a, a pretty good fit I think um they, they were a five-day daily paper and their Friday paper sort of behaved like a regular Sunday paper where it was full of all the things and had mm -hmm. big feature stories. And they had this big separate third section that was like one big story. It was called Dakota Life <laughs> and uh, and one big cover story that I just got, got to play with. Yeah. And I did probably three quarters of those when I was there and loved every single one. It was mm. so great. We, we didn't have photographers on staff. And the people, the, the reporters who we had were not, on the whole, very gifted photographers, um, which I actually learned to love that. Like, if they couldn't produce awesome photos for me to play with, that was almost like, okay, you have to solve a problem now. You have, like, two to three full pages of that could just be text <laughs> if you yeah. aren't careful. So yeah. you have to figure out how to make this beautiful and... I, I learned how to do some graphic design for that purpose and how to like hunt for public domain images that would illustrate this well and how to find historic photos that yeah. are usable. And huh. yeah, I that's just, great. I loved it. So, so it leads you to South Dakota. And, and the reason I kind of wanted to back up it's okay. uh, on that front is because you had spent year, literally years of your life pursuing a career mm -hmm. it sounds like it it was i mean you didn't know the specifics as you mentioned but you knew that this is kind of the realm that you wanted to work in you find this job it's the paper that that you wanted to pick out of all the ones that you applied for and you like the design and layout it sounds like a unique approach to things things are going well but that's not enough to keep you there and it, and and so to go back to kind of what you started with people make the place. Mm -hmm. And so was that a, a kind of a re revelation for you? Like, or was, did you expect that to happen? Um, because I think, and here's why I say that, because I think as artists or people that are pursuing things, it's easy to think if I could just have that job, mm -hmm. if I could just have this, this creative outlet, then everything will be better. And, and I know the tendency for my life is maybe sometimes it doesn't matter what I'm doing it like you say, people make the place. What matters is who I'm doing this with, 
And, and maybe that's a more important point or direction I need to point myself than just the creative endeavors the that task. Matt Blakesley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I get so easily focused on those kinds of things. And, and I think it's a tendency for a lot of people, artists, creatives, that kind of thing. And not to realize the beauty of the people around you and the impact that has. Yeah, I. Uh, what led me, like, I was very, I was really pretty happy in Pierre. I was okay. um, just kind of starting to settle in. I'd heard somewhere that, like, it, it takes maybe two years to start to really feel like you own the place as much as it owns you. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't, I didn't spend two years there. And there was a part of me that was like, I kind of, like, I have a little, little bit of, you know, central South Dakota pride in me. <laughs> um but I, now looking back on it and how little time I spent there, it, it was uh, it was just such a short stint. I don't feel like I can really own it. Um, yeah. But the reason I, I even I, I don't I always knew that I was gonna find something else. I didn't uh, imagine that South Dakota would would be the fit for me. It was such a small shop there and. Um, not to knock small shops because they can be really wonderful, but I mean, it was owned by a family company and it, it just didn't seem like uh, on, in the grand scheme of my life that I would spend forever there. Um, it didn't seem like they'll be stable hmm. for the, that entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I just sort of in the, in the back of my mind, what was always looking and I started to miss Montana in South Dakota, they blow up their mountains <laughs> to put faces on them. <laughs> it's so strange to me. You have so few of them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so full disclosure, one of the things that freaks me out more than anything else on planet earth is, uh, the thought of Mount Rushmore at night without any lights on. Ooh. And me like seeing it, just the, <laughs> the moonlight casting in the shadow. Like people think I'm ridiculous, but I think that's one of the most terrifying things. Like if if you know dystopia happens and the world is in ruins two thousand years from now, and someone's on a hike and they're going on a hike and they see those mountains in the distance, like wow, I'm, ter- I'm freaking myself out. Like it's I know it's ridiculous. Anyways, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, there's you. that, and there's Crazy Horse. Too. Yeah, Crazy so Horse is nuts. Yeah, it's I, I, it's mind-boggling to me. It's mountains are such a precious resource <laughs> yeah. for you, and your your answer Blowing to them, them is dynamite. <laughs> it's bringing a lot of people into their state. So <laughs> it is. It's, it's a win on some level. And they're trying so hard to to generate a tourist economy there. Yeah. But um, I, I really missed mountains, and mm-hmm. then the the real um, clincher to to motivate me to, you know what, I I need to look at how to get into Montana. I don't really care where, Hmm. but I really, I I really love Montana and I want to go back there. And so, you know, I I looked at a bunch of papers and there were just no openings in what I wanted to do. And then on the off chance one day I looked in the Gazette had an opening and it was in my field. It was what I wanted to do. And I was like, it's the Gazette. I tried to get an internship there once and they weren't interested and it's, you know, biggest paper in the state. They're probably not like, I'm not going to be up to snuff, but you know, I might as well throw my hat in the ring, grease the wheels a little bit. If nothing else, I'm decent enough and they'll recommend me to one of their sister papers or something like I'll get my name out there. It'll, I I imagined that was the beginning of like a three year journey to get back into Montana. Hmm. And instead it was, give them my application call when I, I I came home after Christmas um, just to visit my family and called the office. I was like, Hey, I applied for this job. I haven't heard anything, but I'm here. (laughs) Do you want to meet me? Yeah. And they uh, uh, behaved very eagerly. Like, yes, absolutely. Come down. (laughs) And, uh, came down and met with a couple of editors and it went okay. They gave me the hardest editing test of my life. It really it took me like two hours to do it. So but, they give you a physical test. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we should. Um, it was like six pages and, and things are wrong and you have to find them all. It, there were or various stages. I, I've been yeah. a person who's made editing tests cause okay. I hired people in college for the same kind of jobs. It's so like, this one was, it was like 20 sentences where things were wrong in all of them and you had to find them. And one was a specific AP style 
you know, yeah. so the sentences were all, you know, true or whatever, but had some style errors. Yep. And then the last page was all math. It had math problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're kidding me. Like, this anxiety is, you are right never, yeah. ever going to hire me because yeah. you're testing my math skills. Everybody knows editors are terrible at math. Really? Okay. Um, Editor joke. <laughs> I was <laughs> just like, joke. This is, you're never going to hire me yeah. because you've tested my math skills and you will see that I am this horribly inadequate human when it comes to math. But... Apparently, uh, they either, I mean, they always joke that the pool was really terrible <laughs> when mm-hmm. I applied, but it was good enough to yeah. get a call back. You so. got the job. Yeah. That's great. So you start, you come back to Billings, living here, working at the Gazette. And so that kind of brings us to now in some ways and, and would ask a question, where are you now? What, what's... What are you carrying now? Um, you move back for people. You move back for mountains. You move back to be family, you know, working for the biggest paper uh, in the state, all that kind of stuff. Is everything hunky-dory, just beautiful? <laughs> it's the picture-perfect life. Um, yeah, the credits are rolling now. And the, <laughs> you know, indie rock songs playing. Um, yep. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's been an adventure since coming back. Uh, I, I now actually, um, I came back for that page design job and that job was outsourced a little more than two years ago now. Um, and I, I realized, uh, my, my, as I call it, my gazaversary <laughs> was in March, um, that came and went, and I realized I've been doing the current job that I have for longer than that other job. Hmm. And in another year, I will be have done this current job for longer professionally mm-hmm. than page design, which is a little jarring uh, to me. My current job is um, what's called city editor, and I um, I help reporters figure out how they should use their time, what stories deserve their energy and you know if a story is giving them particular trouble how how can I get at that and these people aren't getting back to me and how how do I fill this gap in my story that needs filling in order to tell the story well or you know um uh, this story kind of doesn't seem that great well I think it seems great you should do it this way (laughs) just guiding them in that way um and then lots of social media um, sharing and figuring out how to like find audiences there. And then like, if someone has an awesome project, which is one of my favorite things to do, um, partnering them with photographers and online people and maybe, you know, someone with audio skills and figure out how to do a like a more complete, interesting, mm-hmm. um, engrossing digital Br- presentation for idea it. idea to life in a really beautiful way. Yeah. yeah. And so my, my job is really weird and lots and lots of different things. And, uh, I never thought that I wanted this job. <laughs> um, and some days I still wonder if I want this job. Uh, but, um, it, it, yeah, when my other job disappeared, it was, I was sort of faced with this, do I stay here and, and go for this other job that I never expected to try for? Do I stay in billings, but leave the industry or do I, leave Billings and leaving Billings really quickly was not an option because Mm. of that same, like people make the place. I've, I have even more people now than when I moved here and I love them. And this, this community matters so much to me that like, no, I leaving was not the right option for me. And, and then all, all of the other options I had a lot of, you know, I considered a lot of different things going back to school and, that was a lot of it. A lot of it involved going back to school. But um, at the end of the day, I, I really, I really love news. <laughs> and, and I really love the people who I work with. The people I work with in a lot of ways have become a family. And leaving them to keep doing the things that they're doing, just that, just the thought of it left a hole in my heart. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do that. Let's, let's try this new thing and see if they like me well enough to hire me for managing yeah. reporters. Yeah. 
and for some reason they did. So <laughs> here I am. Yeah, we. Uh, um, I mean, I feel like multiple times, um, and I, I don't want to project, but I'll you know we'll have a conversation, run into each other. How are you? How is your day? And there's a a breath that comes and a heaviness of it was okay. Um, <laughs> and and by no means is it a complaining kind of thing. Um, there's a there's a weight to I'm assuming, and this is where I don't want to project, there's a weight to what you do, your care for the people that you work with, your care for the work that you're doing, um, wanting to do it right with integrity in the midst of an industry that's in transition and trying to figure out all of that. Is is that the weight of I mean because or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there isn't a weight and and Oh, there's a weight. Okay. Because <laughs> I sense it from you that, that what you do really matters and the people around you really matter and it's hard. And as much as you love it, it's not every day is not just the greatest day ever and the m- most fun you've ever had. Yeah, uh it's it's a mix of I I never like my the the role I had before this was very much like I could put headphones in and like not interact with people for 8 hours a day if I didn't want to. Like mm-hmm. it, it was a very I could decide the terms on which I I talked with others and now it's constantly and and I'm an introvert and so that 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 was really jarring for yep. me to change roles and realize, oh, my time is their time at work. Like that's that's what they need from me is is for me to be present with them. And so I, at the end of the day, I'm just more drained naturally yep. from yep. that. And that that's not a, a condemnation of the way the work is. Like I completely understand and respect that. Like they if they, some people just need me to sit there while they process and mm-hmm. and just nod mm-hmm. <laughs> while, while they think it through and then go, okay, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yep. I'm like, awesome. Do the thing. Go yep. do that. I wasn't really needed for that except for I was. Mm-hmm. So, um, your, your counseling, coaching, therapy, whatever you want to say that, I mean, that's a lot of what that is. is yeah. Pretty creating space for people to just process and know that they were heard. Yeah. Just yeah. be present with people yeah. and, and, in a industry that's moving so fast that that's I, I think kind of rare yeah. too. Um, so there's that and constantly just reading the news. Like news is not overwhelmingly happy. Mm-hmm. Um, people are constantly criticizing us um, for the way that we write about things. <coughs> but then on on top of that, we we do occasionally get the criticism of like you never write a happy story, and it's like. We do. You just don't find them. Like you don't interact <laughs> yeah. with them. Yep. Um, yep. We the, we we feed our inner trolls more often than we'd like to admit. So there's that. Um, and I'm recently realizing something about myself um, that I uh, am. I deal with a lot of anxiety and and trying to. Um, do things not just good enough (laughs) but just impeccably and um i'm i'm i constantly fear that i'm not good enough at this job and that i'm not it's it's not enough and so a lot of that weight is that too of just yeah it's it's good i'm kind of i'm keeping the seams together i'm not convinced that we're actually going forward anywhere (laughs) we're just kind of huddled yeah. together where we are but do you do you feel like uh and if you don't want to go here that's fine that's okay. do you feel like this anxiety is mainly internally motivated or is it the the negative comment that comes cuz you know the, a negative comment outweighs by you know a rate of 50 a positive comment mm-hmm. and so it, or is it you could have all the positive comments in the world but you are going to continue to be your harshest critic. And, and in that creates an anxiety of, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing this like it should be done or could be done. I'm not putting a, enough time and energy. 
I mean, it's making sense because we've had conversations about you even leaving the office. You don't want to leave the office until everybody else that's working that shift is ready to go it's as just, well. It's because, really hard for me to leave early. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, I, and I'm not project, I, yeah. I'm just assuming that's part of that anxiety of like, I need to do a good job. And part of this is this is my team and I'm not going to leave before they go. Like they, they've been here, they've been working just as hard. Yeah. Like who, who do I think I am? Yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like that's internally or do you, do you feel like the external is the, the major driver of that? Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a little uh, cocktail of the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I, I will say, um, it's so rare that we get like outside of, of our own people, positive comments. Like hmm. I, I can remember specific positive comments on like, like Facebook comments on yeah. stories because it's so rare when it happens. And it's like, I, I, I like read it aloud to everyone around me. Like, did, did you guys Attention see this? Everyone. This yeah. person has an unironic positive comment for us. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, 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 I don't know that in that sense, negative comments outweigh the positive so much because <laughs> it's, it's just so disproportionate yep. how, in quantity. Um, there's another part of me that if, um, I'll, I'll maybe sit there and, and kind of quietly just be like, yeah, I mean, it was good enough. It was, it was fine. Like, uh, we probably could have done more and this and that. And and then the minute someone challenges it, I like turn around into like this sort of almost aggressive lion of like, no, everything was perfect. How yeah. dare you challenge it? Yeah. Which is probably the opposite way I should react. <laughs> like if someone has legitimate criticism, I should hear them out. Yeah. <laughs> but then that only feeds your anxiety the next time. Yeah. It comes around of, is this good enough? And no, probably not, because someone's going to say something again. And so then, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I say it because uh, it's, it shouldn't be surprising. I think anxiety is, is something that people deal with on different levels, but I think it's something we all deal with. I think we all can struggle with, I'm not good enough. I, I, man... Whether whether it's CMYK and and me on a regular basis feeling like what what is happening like why 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 would I do this I don't feel like I'm I'm qualified or it matters or those kinds of things or art house who am I the number of critics in the beginning like can you just start a movie theater and I'm like I don't know I think so. <laughs> I'm not- but that that eats at you of like I don't know that I can and you know phase two, we're just talking about a fundraising meeting I had today and you know I hype myself up so much for that because I don't feel like why would anybody ever give me or this thing anything and anxiety is a real thing that I I think we all we have a tendency to believe that it's just us when I think we're all we're all really anxious and feel very underqualified so at differing levels. Mm-hmm. How have you learned to deal with it or wrestle with it? I should say. I, uh, I'm not convinced that I have yet. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I actually, uh, just, just talking about it more recently has, has been huge. Like naming the problem. Mm-hmm. This is the problem. Um, I, I just started therapy for it. <laughs> So yes, there's yeah. that. Um, it's a little baby step. Um, it's it's so tough because I I struggle a lot with at work with like specific work initiatives. Like this is the goal and this is the thing that we need to get done. And then there's this other part of me that's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, like I'm not a journalist. Like I am, but. Like that's not my job on this earth. <laughs> like, it doesn't define you as a person. It's and and it's so easy for me to forget and hmm. when I'm actually doing the tasks. And I think that's part of what that like pause when you ask how my day was of like yeah. I, I almost like insulate myself too much to the point that I don't even know like how was my day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was okay. Um like my my job at work is to do the news, but my job at work is also to like be a loving human being mm-hmm. <laughs> in an industry that's not overwhelmingly loving in a world that's not overwhelmingly loving. And 
I don't that that's the part that when I remember like this is my job, then cue more anxiety because I'm not sure I'm doing that great. Huh. And and well, it, can I do that and do the other work tasks? And sometimes like I don't I don't know how to reconcile those two either. Like how how do you be a a solid clear boss? Like it's it's I'm not a parent. I imagine like disciplining kids is a little strokes affects some of the same like parts of your brain as like being a tough boss and sometimes Mm -hmm. dealing with with tough work situations like how do i yeah loving them is giving them clear pool edges well i don't i don't like doing that (laughs) so i don't yeah i don't i don't know what you want to do with that (laughs) no i think that's really good i mean just to because i didn't go there the the difference of there's anxiety over just getting the job done and there's anxiety over getting the job done as a good loving human being. Um, cause you, you could be a jerk and get the job done and, you know, mm-hmm. for lack of a better example, you can not do the say, tasks yeah, and do I mean, them you could become love. A, a Steve Jobs <laughs> in the beginning of his career. I'm not to say that you know all about Steve Jobs, but I mean, <laughs> you know, here's a guy that was famously a, just a jerk, but he got results. Or you could try to be a really nice, loving, great human being and maybe not get results. Is that kind of a little bit of the, like, Sometimes, the, just that yeah. tension and balancing? It's like, uh, I mean, I, I, I think at the end of the day when I, when I, like, my job is to advocate for the well-being of my humans. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes, like, my boss wants a story and he pushes, 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 and and it's sort of, my job to bring those two people onto the same plane of like, you know, like this person wants to hold for all of these reasons and you want to go for all of these reasons. And like, let's, yeah, let's remember everybody's human and everybody has concerns and figure out what those are and and meet. And I mean, usually those are like, we have a lot of healthy disagreements (laughs) at work and, we're not afraid to have those, which is really lovely. I, I don't know what I would do in a passive-aggressive workplace. Yeah. We're very direct. We don't yeah. have time to waste uh, on passive aggression. But um, occasionally it's, you know, a, a, a person isn't isn't doing the things in the way that we need them to. And that that's when I struggle of, you know, I'm not, I'm not overwhelmingly great at being confrontational and... I want I want to hear you out of why why is this not going the way that I feel it should be but sometimes those conversations don't get the results that maybe I I should be pushing for I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well. So what are you celebrating? <sighs> <laughs> See, there it is. That's everybody just heard it. It's on record when I ask how was your day. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what are you celebrating? <laughs> what am I? I? I was trying to think of things that I knew that okay. question was coming, and I don't remember any of them. <laughs> um. Oh. Well, okay. Um. Uh, one of the things that I'm trying to do is uh, some. Sometimes I describe my life as just eat, work, sleep. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's an issue and it's not good for me mentally, emotionally, physically, socially. Um, and something that I've been trying to do is guard my mornings a little better and, and get up earlier and not deal with my phone and just like have a morning in my living room, reading a book and watering my plants. Yeah. <laughs> and I have done that fairly consistently for the last month or so. And it's, Helped me a lot. It's been good for my mental health. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's good. Um, I'm taking a trip here this week and then again New next York. month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so going to New York twice. That's, I don't know how I got that lucky. But yeah. um, so just little things, I guess. So, yeah, I like it. Celebrating a, a healthier pace. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm like in the middle of it now. I'm in the middle of figuring out some things. And mm-hmm. so, and oh, except for any time you've asked to talk to me, I feel like I've always been in the middle of it. So, 
That's okay. <laughs> at some point, I'll be able to say, I was celebrating this thing at that point, and yeah. I didn't realize it at the time. There you go. <laughs> um, and, and just to kind of wrap things up, um, the question that, again, I know you know is coming. Uh, what can we as a CMYK community be doing for you? Anything come to mind? Um, that's, that's, I, that's always a tough question. I have a hard time identifying things. Um, I, I would, uh, I guess I, I would, I would appreciate prayer and support that the, the, the path that I'm on, I continue on that and don't get distracted from it. Um, and, and, and not, not to this, like, this is a thing that I think our community does really well, but I'd just love to see more of it, of, of, of healthy conversations about things that we, that we don't necessarily agree with. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I would love to see more in the world. And so, like, if you're doing the thing at CMYK, you're, but you're afraid to do it elsewhere, like, go do the thing elsewhere. Yep. Like, ask questions to understand the world around you more. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, um, I, you know, for me, I just want to wrap this up. Um, because sitting here having this conversation, hearing, hearing your story, uh, it just, uh, it just means the world to me that you're a part of this community, that you're helping us lead, helping, um, direct and and you know as someone that's been around from the very beginning um talk about anxiety of you know me and all the you've been through all of them (laughs) the moments where (laughs) cmyk is we're gonna go left no now we're gonna go right (laughs) no we're not doing either of those things you know (laughs) it's gonna be be, the lord has spoken you know these (laughs) kinds of things that can happen and uh just your continued i mean uh, it's it's just such a joy and and I'm honored to have you as a part of a part of this journey so thank you thanks um and um i think i think i really like the idea of let's figure out how we can go have more good conversations outside of CMYK and maybe that'll make your job in the newspaper world a little a little better and more beautiful more beautiful stories to report yeah as we're working to be better human beings towards one another so Cool. Hearing each other out. It's hard. <laughs> Be good. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I think as with every one of these stories so far, there's probably a lot of little tidbits and thoughts in the midst of that that um, maybe come to your mind and heart and that uh, were good points for you. But for me, um, when Alyssa started to talk about this concept of anxiety, um, there was something for me that kind of physically changed in the room that uh, she was kind of going somewhere and talking about something that was so uh, deeply connected to me and my own story. And I even mentioned it in the interview, like something that we all wrestle with this idea of anxiety and, and how are we to process that and go about that in a healthy way. And I just, I really appreciated and loved what Alyssa said about her story. Cause she wasn't sitting there in, in the midst of the, like she wasn't sitting across from me like, Hey Matt, I've got this figured out. So let me tell you the four points that I've learned or the three things that I'm, I'm here to tell you about anxiety. She, it's raw. It, she's right in the midst of it. You could probably sense and feel that. And, uh, that's so important for me because that's where we all are. Anxiety is something I don't think we, we ever like just kick fully and then we're good and we never have to deal with it ever and ever again. And specifically for Alyssa, she talked about, um, and candidly, when I listened back to this interview, I feel like I just totally dropped the ball because she was really honest about some of the things that she was anxious about. And and I just feel like I kind of missed it. Like it slipped through my hands and I didn't fully grasp what she was talking about. So for me on the second listen, I, I picked up, I think, I hope, a little bit better about what she was talking about. And for me, it was this concept of, being so focused or having the potential to be so focused on tasks and what needs to get done in your job that you miss out on the main or more important thing of the people around you. And living in this anxiety of am I keeping the main thing the main thing or am I getting distracted by just 
checking a bunch of things off of a list. Where anxiety is something that we all deal with and struggle with, I think this is a part of anxiety that that many of us, particularly those of us that are working to live a more beautiful way and life in this world, this is something that we can wrestle with as well. Am I, am I doing the best, most important, right, true thing in the midst of this, or am I being distracted, getting distracted by all these things around us? And so I love what Alyssa had to say. I mean, she, when I talked to her and when I asked her, okay, so what are, you, what are you doing about this anxiety and how are you processing it? She talked about, well, I'm just having conversation. That She's just talking about it is the first step. And it sounds so simple, but this really is, for many of us, potentially the biggest, hardest thing to do when it, when it comes to our anxiety, to just talk about it and to, to be open and honest about it. There's this thing within the first followers of Christ, we see it in the New Testament writings, that they, they talk about this concept of following Jesus as learning to bring whatever's in the darkness into the light, and there's this word of confession, in other words, speaking whatever it is that's existing in our reality, whatever it is that we're holding onto or carrying the weight of, whatever that anxiety or fear is, that we speak it, we confess it, we're honest about it. And in that work that Christ meets us, in that work that we believe that spiritual health and wholeness can be, uh, you can find this path towards that wholeness, and it starts with learning to just have conversation and talking about it. That's so important. But secondly, she talked about this concept of ritual. She mentioned how she's working hard to start her days Uh, where she just wakes up and waters the plants and goes at a slower pace. It's this ritual, this rhythm that she's working to introduce into her life, and it's a part of addressing this anxiety. This is so good and so important. I think many of us, when it comes to the anxieties in our lives, what we want to do is we want to have one conversation. We want to read one book. We want to go to one thing, listen to one talk or one podcast, and feel like, got it, nailed it, it's all done. But the reality is, is, is no. There needs to be this new practice, this new rhythm, this ritual that would be a part of our life that would help us to stay focused on what matters most. It's why ritual should be a part of our lives in some level. This is why I find it so important that when God is communicating the law to the Israelites in the Old Testament scriptures, all of these rules and ideas for how they're supposed to go about their life in a new and different way, in the midst of all of those, in fact, at the very end of all of those in the book of Exodus, as God is handing the law to Moses, as the story goes, there's this interaction at the very end that I think is so, so important. This is the after all the laws have been given, chapter after chapter after chapter of how to go about your politics, your relationships, your religion, your practices, building structures, these kinds of things. Basically, so much of what you could think of, how are we supposed to go about life, is covered here. But then in Exodus chapter 31, to wrap it all up, it says this, that the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, In other words, everything that's been given up to this point, it matters and it's significant, but here's the one that's on top of everything else. This is the period at the end of the sentence. This is the exclamation point at the end of the sentence. Above all, here it is, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. He says, you shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. And this is how extreme and intense this idea, this ritual is. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Now, Sabbath is something that we've talked a lot about within the CMYK community, and so we don't need to kind of go down that path as much. But as many of us know, Sabbath is this ritual, this rhythm of you work six days, and on the seventh day, you rest. You don't do any work. And it's this reminder that we are not human doings. We are not the sum total of our accomplishments and our tasks. We are not the sum total of the money in our bank account or our status or the cars and houses that we have. We simply are loved and embraced for who we are. There's this divine spark that when we wake up, it matters and it's significant. 
This is what we're to remind ourselves of every seven days, and it's a ritualistic thing. In other words, it's not a service, it's not a sermon, it's not a book, and then all of a sudden we get it. Oh, good, I'm a human being that's fully embraced and loved and known, and I don't need to have any anxiety about any of these things. No, from the very beginning, this has been a ritual and a rhythm of we got to keep coming back to this over and over and over again. And so in the midst of this conversation of anxiety, I think it's so important, as I mentioned earlier, that Alyssa has talked about a ritual, a rhythm, whatever that is. And for some of us, that is something like a Sabbath, that we take a seventh day of the week. For me, it's Thursday. I don't know why. It's just the way my schedule works with kid care and work and all this kind of stuff. Thursdays are my day where I just have this rhythm and this ritual if I don't really look at my phone much, I sleep in, I just play with my son a lot, I go on hikes with my wife, we just do whatever's in front of us that we want to do that isn't task or goal oriented because we are embraced and loved, not because of what we do and accomplish, but just because of who we are. I need that rhythm and rit- ritual to remind me. See, the reason that these things, conversation and rituals, I think are so important in addressing anxiety is because anxiety dwells within this question of what if. Anxiety is always asking that question, what if, whether it's a relationship or our job or our status and image, we ask, well, what if? What if this happens? What if this goes south? What if they find out? What if I lose everything? It's a what if kind of thing. And we never, honestly, we never know the answer to that question. That question will never be satisfied. And so this is where anxiety creates this spiral for our lives. What ritual and what conversation invite us into, I believe, and what healthy spirituality invite us into, is to ask a different question, and that is, what is? In other words, what are the things that are around me? What are the things that are going on? What can I see and celebrate and understand? And maybe, yes, let's talk honestly in conversation. Let's talk honestly about what are the hard things that are in front of me as well. But to deal in what is, we can actually do something about that. It's not just a spiral. And when we add ritual to it, ritual is this thing that invites us in the what is to look at the good, the beautiful, the true, the right, So whether that's a Sabbath for you, whether that's meditation or prayer, whether that's a meal or a gathering with people, whatever it is to find some kind of ritual that you can come back to, focus on, come back to center and find what is. This is why our Sunday gatherings are so personally important for me, why prayer is important for me, why Sabbath is so important for me because I have to have this ritual. This is why conversations are so important for me. I have to have people around me that I can talk honestly about the darkness and what's going on in Matt Blakesley and find embrace even in that. As you are a human being listening to this, as you carry anxieties and questions about what if in your relationships, in your future, in your status, whatever it is, may you Find people and community that you can have conversation with and bring that darkness, whatever it is, and however erroneous it feels to you, into the light. And may you find embrace in that. May you find ritual that brings you back to center to understand that you are loved and embraced and known no matter what. And that there is this divine spark and work in your life. There is this image of God that is stamped upon you. There is the spirit of God that is a part of your breath and your beating heart. And you are invited to center there. That you are not alone. And so, what conversations do you need to have? What rituals do you need to find in your life? Or maybe there's something that you've been doing for years and you stopped a while ago, and that's fine to stop every once in a while, but maybe you need to pick something back up again to help find that center once more. I love you, and if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please let us know. Other than that, we will be back next week with another podcast.